You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number 24. beautiful welcome to the create a life that is beautiful podcast i'm your host letitia ringe and this podcast is designed to inspire empower and support you on the journey of uncovering your truth and purpose in the world If this is your first time listening, a super warm welcome to you. Each week, I share a conversation with one of the amazing people I have met on my own journey who are doing alternative, innovative, and inspiring work in the world around what they love, enjoy, and are inspired by. And that is what Create a Life That Is Beautiful is all about. It's about creating a life that you love, enjoy, and are inspired by, and that lovely includes our work. Today you'll be hearing from life coach Abby Lutus from the Wonderlusters Mind podcast about how she got to be doing the work she does in the world today, supporting travelers, adventurers and nomads who are returning home after travel or living abroad. She helps them to find their feet and overcome the feelings of reverse culture shock that you inevitably experience when returning home. This episode and conversation is so fascinating. We talk a lot about travel and reverse culture shock, you know, what travel can bring you and also about this reverse culture shock. It's a real thing, my friend. Every single time I go back to Sydney, where I'm from for a visit, I experience this majorly. And I feel quite blindsided by the inner conflict that I'm experiencing every time I return to my old stomping ground. We also talk about Abby's life before travel, which saw her very much in her masculine as a very successful beach sprinter, which of course saw her taking a lot of action, living in a strict and disciplined routine. And she made the decision to leave behind her sport and her nine to five to travel overseas after following an insurance call to do so and then having the beautiful space to flow and discovering the work that she does in the world today. And this, my friend, is feminine energy, flow, intuition, so much fun. We talk about how to deal with changing relationships, including friendships, particularly as it relates to returning home after time abroad. We talk about trust, passion, curiosity, intuition, being your own best friend, how to deal with fear, worry, making the decision to become a life coach, and of course, Abby's advice for discovering your purpose. Such a great conversation. I met Abby through the beautiful You Coaching Academy, and it was, as always, like talking to a friend that I've known for many years, and I hope you feel that too. Before we dive into the episode, I have an important and exciting announcement for you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk about this. As many of you will already have heard, I am launching an online course and it opens for enrollment this coming Monday, 25 June. It will only be open for registration until Sunday, the 1st of July. So seven days only. This course is called Embrace Your Feminine Essence, and it is an experience to reconnect you with your feminine, 
yin right brain capabilities so that you can integrate them with your masculine yang left brain capabilities and get the full benefit of your power as a person and bring more health, happiness and fulfillment into your life. The course is made up of eight modules, four live coaching calls, eight guided meditations, a closed Facebook community so you can connect with other like-minded people and lifetime access so you can dip in and out of the course as you please. I created this course because many of us are over-relying on our masculine energy. This was me not so long ago. You know, we're very much in the hustle and grind. Let's make shiz happen mentality, disconnected from our bodies, trapped in our minds and missing out on the rest of our creative power. And when I talk about creative power, I am talking about the ability to consciously create or manifest what we want. And we all have this ability. We're doing it whether we're aware of it or not. So some of the ways you might know that this experience will be right for you include number one, your understanding of feminine energy is, you know, next to none. So (laughs) awareness is everything, my friend. Number two, you find yourself often feeling burned out, stressed, frustrated, trapped in your head or in, you know, worrying. That was something that I really suffered from, which I talk about in this episode. Number three, you get a lot of your sense of worth through taking action. You might even feel a little guilty doing things like taking holidays or time to rest. Number four, you feel disconnected from creativity or believe you are just not a creative person. Mm -mm, Not true, my friend. Number five, you want to find out how to hear from and connect with your intuition or inner voice. Number six, you want to learn about a more sustainable, peaceful and enjoyable approach to life that utilizes your full power and potential as a person. And finally, number seven, to find your purpose, which you know all of my work is designed to support you with because this is an area I am super passionate about. I want more people doing work they love, enjoy and are inspired by because From that place, we are more creative, we're more innovative and a whole lot more pleasant to be around. And so we all as a community get to benefit from your ideas, your work and your presence. Doesn't that just sound wonderful? Okay, so to join the wait list or enroll from Monday, head over to www.embraceyourfeminineessence. And now... Let's dive into the episode with Abby Lutus. Hi, Abby. Welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. Uh, thank you, Letitia. It's so wonderful to be here with you today. Oh, it's so, so lovely to have you here. So to get us started, could you let our wonderful listeners know a little bit about who you are and what you're currently creating in the world today? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Abby and I am, I guess, an ex-athlete. I used to be a beach sprinter and participated in a few other sports. And I I guess I used to work in the city at a regular desk job, nine to five. Uh, and then I threw it all away to um, hit the road traveling. So I went over to Canada or I went to South, Amer- um, South America first and um, traveled for a couple of months and, um, I thought I was just going for a few months there and then I was going to come home and, and figure out what to do with my life. But I sort of was running out of money and 
I uh, I didn't want to go home yet. So I got a working visa and went up to Canada and I ended up staying there for about three years. So after that time was done, I came back to Australia and then it was time to figure out, you know, what I was going to do with my life. And I uh, decided to become a coach. So I went back and did some more study and became a life coach. And now I work with adventurers and travelers who have returned home Perhaps they've been living in a country for a number of years or they have just been traveling uh, as a nomad for a few years and they've returned back to their home country or their hometown and they just don't know what to do with themselves or they feel a little bit lost. They may have some sort of inspiration, but uh, they're just not sure which way to look and and which way to go next, but they do have some creative ideas. So I really love uh, helping these people and, and getting them motivated and excited for that next step into into their life Mm, that's such an interesting topic I and I imagine that you know you have obviously experienced all of this yourself when you returned from Canada so it's such a great your own personal experience to add to all of this but I can just talk from my own experience I've been living over here in London now for three years and going and I haven't returned yet to my home but every time I return for a holiday I am um, experiencing this really odd sense of identity because it's my it it's my old home, my old sense of identity, and then this newer, more just a, it's like I'm a different person, and then you're going back and merging the two, and it's really kind of awkward. So mm. I think your work is like very special because you're dealing with that sort of issue that people experience. So tell us a little bit about after you returned to Canada, what was that like when you came back? Obviously, probably learnt a lot about yourself. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, so uh, actually I was living in Canada and returned to Australia. And when I came home, I was really prepared for this phenomenon that I'd heard of people after they'd been away for several years. My cousin in particular, she'd gone away on a couple of occasions and stayed away for a couple of years. And I I remember her seeing her go through this process where she came back and she just was very unsettled and it took her a while to get back into everyday life and really find her feet and she had to find uh, work. And, and it was the same for me. When I came back, I just, I came back, I'm from a pretty small town down on the South coast of Australia. And I hadn't actually lived there for about 10 years. And I returned there pretty much with nothing. I didn't have a car anymore. And I, I knew this phenomenon was, was going to occur because I'd seen it with my cousin and it was, I, I thought I was ready for it. I thought, you know, it's going to be difficult. So come home with an idea, something that you can be excited to launch into and get back into the community and start reconnecting with old friends. And so I had this plan in my mind, but it still uh, it still didn't, you know, matter when I came home. I still went through this phase and it was just there were so many different things to contend with from mainly just the essentials to get started. I had, I'd pretty much spent all my money. And so I had, I came home to nothing and I had no car and I didn't have any work lined up. So uh, I was back in with my parents and I was 
in a small town. I had no car, so I had to find a place where I could work that I could walk to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was just even just getting the essentials, you know, set up. And then then you sort of starting to there there is this excitement of coming home and and seeing friends and family for the first time which is amazing and that can last for a couple of months but after that you know some people aren't interested um you know or some people you know they want the the 30 second story of your three and a half year adventure and Mm. you know you you just want to tell them everything but so yeah, getting getting back into the flow and, you know, some some people, your relationships are different now and many people have moved into a different stage of their life and, and you've moved into a different stage of your life. You've had so many different experiences that, you know, you, you can't relate in the same way to some of your old friends and so mm. it's a really different experience. So, I think all of this combined can just lead you to, you know, be in this sort of funk and question like, what am I doing with my life? Why why did I decide to come home? And yeah, you just, you really start to question a number of things and decisions that you've made. Mm, oh, I just feel so understood with you speaking through all of that. Thank you so much because, yeah, it is re- it is quite difficult. One of especially when you mentioned with your relationships and also want having so much to tell friends and your family, and you want to share it all, everything that you've learned. But there is not a lot of interest and dealing with that. Like, I mean, obviously you've got some people who are really interested, but you're also and I think this is for most people, will deal with a number or maybe even many or most people not really being so interested because, you know, everyone's got their own things that they're sort of focusing on. But you have changed so much and you've learned so much and your perspective has been shifted and you just want to, I guess, yeah, really be heard and understood. And that's not possible unless, you know, obviously, both people that you're, you know, both people in the relationship want to, um, you know, listen and take the time to learn. So, yeah, that's a, it's so interesting because I think we we don't often hear about these issues that you deal with after you return home. There's the big focus on all the amazing benefits of moving away, but then how do we integrate our life when we when we return? And so, yeah, it's so fascinating. So can we just back up slightly um, for a second? I'd love to go back to, so you were a former athlete and you were working in a nine to five job. So tell me a little bit about what your life was like before you made the decision to move. Yeah, gosh, my life was very routine. So as I mentioned, I was an athlete. I was involved in surf lifesaving as a beach sprinter. And Mm. so I'd done this for a very long time and I was very successful. And um, you can get very addicted to to, um, continuing in a sport and just um, fronting up for the next season because it's very structured and routine and there's goals that you can set for every year and it's it's a really great environment to be in and and I had sort of been a little bit in, most most of the time in in my 20s and sometimes you know I was out due to injury and other things that had occurred but uh, I I was pairing that with you know a job that I had in the city and I was kind of going off 
well, what I say is off my path a little bit with what I wanted to do with my career. And I sort of started off in a in a great job of something that I really wanted to do. And then I was going off track a little bit. But I'd found a job which I was reasonably satisfied with, uh, yet I was working uh, at a hospital. And <laughs> I my office was actually in, uh, I guess, one of the old hospital wards. And this hospital was quite old, so you can imagine – um, an, an office in an old hospital ward. We had, um, you know, the old oxygen uh, taps on the wall and, and walking <laughs> in in the, in the middle of a cold Melbourne winter. It was just, I just sort of questioned, what am I doing here? And, and I had this uh, life outside of my work where I was fronting up to training most evenings, you know, sprinting and, and doing my weights. And uh, I, the season prior, I had had a serious injury where I ruptured my Achilles mm. and it, it sort of made me take a step back and realize, uh, that I had put so much into this sport and, you know, what was I doing when I couldn't do things that were physical? Um, what were my hobbies? And I didn't really have much. And I sort of got into photography at that time. Um, and it, it sort of, showed me that I didn't really have many other creative hobbies in my life, but everything I liked doing was physical. But I also sort of thought a bit bigger that I was like, I've been doing this same sort of life year in, year out. <laughs> and, you know, my cousin was over here and she'd been off to Europe and London and South America and Canada. And she kept sort of saying to me, you know, you would love to go and travel. Why don't you just pack up and go you know I wasn't tied down I was single and had the opportunity and so I just really started to question what I was doing and, and it was quite interesting because I just had this inkling that you know it wasn't it wasn't right for me to stay in this job at the hospital. I wasn't completely loving it. And um, every morning I get in my car to drive to work and there were these ads on the radio that would say, what are you doing in your nine to five job? They were ads for the defense force and, but they spoke directly to me and, it, and I just thought, yeah, what am I doing here? And I need to get away from the desk. And eventually I just decided that I'd had enough. And so made the decision. I booked the flight, uh, packed everything up and off I went. Wow. And you know what's so funny? I remember those Defence Force ads because I too <laughs> used to listen to them and think, oh my gosh, why can't I find something like this? Like this isn't what I want for myself. But I wasn't going to go into the Defence Force, but no. they still... <laughs> They did. I, I completely understand what you were feeling then. So after you, so do you feel like your decision to do this trip to Canada and then to stay there, did you feel like that was, you know, an intuitive nudge? Oh, yeah, very much so. Because I just remember sort of, I wasn't sure. And, you know, they say that's what the intuition is. You don't really know where it comes from. It's a voice, but it's not really a voice or it's an inkling. It's something that continually, you know, taps on your shoulder and says, you know, what are you doing here? Is this really what you want to do? And, you know, that, that feeling or sensation or voice or, you know, the intuition, as mm -hmm. I call it, just kept getting stronger and stronger. And I thought, you know what? 
no, I don't want to stay in, in this job at a desk in, in the hospital. I, I do want to get out and see the world and I want to go and do something new and different and it's going to be scary. But um, that's where I was led to and, and everything, you know, fell into place when I started to make the plan. So I, I knew that it was the right decision. Mm. And then, so what do you, what do you think were some of the, you know, key things that traveling taught you? Mm. Oh, such a good question. Cause I think traveling just teaches you so, so much. I think it, it challenges your beliefs and your perceptions and the ways that you think, and it teaches you to become a little bit more open. I think you're, especially I was a solo traveler and so I had to make friends <laughs> and, um, the environment when you travel can be quite different to when you live somewhere because everyone or your fellow travelers are all in the same sort of situation. Everyone is quite open to making friends because, you know, everyone is moving along and traveling here and there. So it can be quite easy to do if, if you're in the right place. But, you know, there are just so many different types of people and, you know, you don't, you're not, I guess, fortunate enough to have the choice of picking exactly who you want to be friends with. But um, I think what I learned is if, if you're just open to having conversations with everyone, you can actually start to learn more and more about these people that maybe in in other situations, if you were, you know, settled and living in a, in a town or a city that you might not otherwise open yourself up to. So I think that was a really big one for me. And yeah, I just as as um, I mentioned, as a solo traveler, you do spend lots of time on your own, and you really have to become your own best friend because you're with yourself twenty four seven, and you know it gives you a lot of thinking time, especially if you're traveling on buses or planes, and you know if you don't have friends or companions that you're traveling with at that time you know, you can get lost in thought. And so it's really wonderful because you, you know, you can challenge some of your beliefs and some of, you know, your ways of thinking and, um, yeah, and really start to have some shifts in, in the way you think. And you see how other cultures live. I think you see, um, you know, the way we live in in our home is is one way of doing things, but you know you go out to other countries and other cultures, and and it's just infinite the the different ways of living and the way the different cultures and um, if you're open to learn from these these different cultures and people and what they do in their lives, I think that you know it leads you to question maybe this is a practice that I should be adopting or a way of living that I should be including into my life. So I think it's really beautiful in that respect because there's just, there's just so much out there and it's, uh, I, I found that I was just continually learning and, and um, yeah, and, and growing along the way. Yeah. And it's so beautiful because then you as an individual take that back with you when you do return home and you, you do touch the lives of people that come in uh, that are in your you know, circle and that sort of gets passed on and it's it doesn't end just there with the experience you know it, you really do take it with you and it does change you as a person and I really love how you mentioned about relationships because 
even as, you know, I moved to London with my partner, Lou, as a couple, but even as a going over as a couple, you know, you need to make your own friends and to meet people. It's really strange. It's you're really out of your comfort zone because so much of your life or my life back home was, you know, I had a big group of friends. I was at, I'd been in the same job for eight years. So I had my work friends. I had my, um, the friends I outside of work and every single moment of my life was spent around people. It was either at work or it was hanging out with friends and family. And there was very little time for me to actually spend my, by myself. And as I look back at my own journey, I realized that that was a really significant reason as to why I couldn't figure out what my truth was, who I was as a person, what my purpose was. I needed time to myself to be able to reconnect and figure out who I was. And so moving overseas, travel while it's, it's so you want these friendships, but they do take time to make. So you do spend a lot of time by yourself, but it was that time spending by myself where I really got to discover who I was really for the first time. So it was so special. And then also then mm. make friends based on that new knowledge of who I, who I actually am. Yeah, and I love that because I think sometimes when we grow up in in a place and we are working somewhere and as you said, you had your work friends around you and you might have had friends from, you know, potentially Mm -hmm. from university or high school and they're kind of people that – I'm not going to say that you were forced to be friends with, but they were just in in the path as you went. But I love that you said that you, you know, you really – considered who you were and and what you wanted as a human and then you went and you found those people that were like-minded and you created yourself a network of people who really um, suited what you wanted rather than sort of saying well I'm going to have my friends from work and my friends from uni and perhaps my friends from sport Um, and so it can be really nice to then have a network of people around you that is you know, they're your people. They're exactly who um, relate to you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so, I mean, and it doesn't um, take traveling to do that. You know, you probably deal with this return for um, your clients returning back home and then wanting to maybe realizing that some of the relationships that they had maybe aren't serving them anymore or they're not at the same sort of stage in their life and so they need to start you know curating this new group of of friendship and I've just found that a lot of us make excuses that we can't we just you know we're sort of stuck with the people who are around us but I Mm. feel there if you go out looking for what you want in your relationships you will be very surprised to find that there are a lot of people out there who offer what you want in your friendships in any sort of relationship and whether it's online, but also in person, like we just sort of, Mm. it's difficult when you're comparing it to maybe when you lived somewhere before you traveled because you're not looking at that time. So you don't see, you don't see what's available. Have you sort of found that to be true? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's the same. Like I remember when I came home and I thought, okay, these are my friends from before I left. So I'm going to just connect with all of them. But, you know, sometimes um, I wouldn't 
hear back from some of them for a very long time, if at all. And and I, I sort of got a, a little bit frustrated in the beginning and I just sort of thought, well, you know, here I am, I'm back, I'm, I'm making an effort. But, um, you know, I, I also had to realise that their lives have changed and it's, mm. you know, it's not necessarily that they didn't want to be friends with me anymore. It was just that our lives are very different now and perhaps Mm -hmm. they're working in the city and I'm living two hours away and it's very difficult to, you know, maintain a friendship, you know, if you're not going to be in close contact with people all the time um, and if you don't have the same interests and those types Mm -hmm. of things. So I think it's, yeah, it's very true to be able to um, and very like empowering to be able to Mm. have the people around you that, um, are your people and they're going to support you and, and love on you and, and yeah. And really just, um, yeah, lift you up in, in whatever you, you are going to do. And, and they're sort of at the same stage of life as you, or they, they can at least relate to what you, what you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I speak a lot about this, about, you know, building your own tribe of people that, you know, support, inspire, empower you and I also talk a lot about that parting from friendships or relationships doesn't need to be some nasty thing, you know. It's not like, okay, well, now you're not my friend. It is mm. um, It is you lovingly part with these friendships just because they're not at the same sort of stage as you. And who knows, you could you flow back in together at the mm. same, you know, at the same life stage again, and then pick up your relationship from where it left off. Like this happens all the time. And I think mm. um, a lot of us, just like with our careers, we feel like with our friendships, we need to marry them and they're <laughs> with us for life. But, you know, the only relationship that truly is with us for life is the one that we have with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I definitely found this to be true. And, and there was some friendships that I were trying to, you know, nuzzle my way back into and (laughs) it just wasn't it just didn't feel right I felt like I was forever the one that was reaching out and you know I didn't I didn't have to sort of say look sorry um I'm I'm not going to be your friend anymore like I'm still friendly and you know I I can still see what they're up to through social media and you know if as you said if our lives cross again then um great you know I don't, I don't feel like I have, it's an awkward situation. It's just that our lives go in different directions. So yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for sharing that. Cause I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. And it's probably, especially when you are returning home and you're so excited to be back with your friends and family, you've got all these grand plans of picking up the relationships from where they left off. And then that doesn't happen that can be that's that's a recipe to make a person question um, themselves and we don't want it to be to be we don't want that to happen because really it's just as you know we can't control all the people around us and we can't keep everyone on the same page and and that's okay but how beautiful it is that we've had those experiences together and so that's sort of what to focus on and and then to take your next step forward so but Mm. I also wanted to touch on something else you brought up which was about becoming your own best friend and yes um, and also managing you know your thoughts could you tell us a little bit more about um, how you found that process? And because I'm just thinking, you know, as an uh, given that you moved in then to life coaching, you know, where that how you 
yeah, how, how you happen to fall into having life coaching even, you know, as a possibility of something that you wanted to do. Mm. Yeah, okay. So I think um, becoming your own best friend and I think what, uh, you know, when I spent so much time traveling alone, you know, you, you – think a lot, as I was saying. And sometimes, you know, you can create up stories and you can get yourself worked up in situations. And so I'd always, you know, been a person that would journal and write things down. But I really learned that on some occasions I was really creating a story around a situation that wasn't really, um, you know, it didn't really require that much energy. And what I found was if I would write it out in a journal and in a journal in some way and then go back and look over it, I would be like, what? You were really thinking that? How crazy. And I think the act of just writing something out can get it out of your head. And But it does also really show you who you are as a person like this is the way you think and um but you know and it gives you that opportunity to say well I don't want to think like this or waste my energy thinking on it on a situation or making up a story that's not necessarily true so then then you can go to work on correcting that and that helps you become more confident I think traveling in general especially solo you you very much in situations that, you know, sometimes you have no idea what you're doing. You might <laughs> rock up at a, a bus station in Bolivia and you've got to find your accommodation and you don't speak the language and you figure it out. And, and I think uh, that, that gives you a lot of confidence in, in yourself and you, you can start to figure out exactly what it is that you like and, and what things you're drawn to, whether it's adventuring out in nature or if it's history you can you know spending time on your own and you don't have to be traveling you can Mm. you can do this any any time but reading books what is it that interests you and Mm. and then you can really learn who you really are and I, I think um I experienced that process when I was traveling when I was living in Canada and when I came home and I I came home and I wanted to step into life coaching. I had seen a life coach before I had set off on this big adventure. And oh. yeah, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I remember at the time my friend said to me because it was it was at a time where life coaching wasn't really a thing. And my friend had said to me, "You you found this person on the internet and you're really going to trust them and I'm like oh yeah just you know this feels right and it really did feel right and um I remember going through the process and I really felt challenged and sometimes I really didn't like my sessions with (laughs) the life coach and she was the most beautiful lovely caring woman and but I just felt so challenged because I hadn't really been uh, ever questioned or taught to thought in this way, uh, to think in this way about what I wanted to do with certain areas of my life. Like I'd, mm-hmm. I'd always been very goal dri- driven as an athlete, but I never really thought to apply goals into other aspects and areas of my life. And, and that really challenged me. Um, and after the series I did with her, I saw this magnificent unfolding of all of these things just start to come into life in in the traveling adventure that I went on and a bunch of other things. And it was just so beautiful that I just thought, I want to help people have these types of experiences as well. And so 
that was what led me into the path of uh, of becoming a life coach. And so it was a really nice uh, rounded circle to to um, go through that journey. <laughs> yeah, that is so beautiful. And also, that's so amazing that you did a life coaching series before you even went away. I mean, like you said, it really, I mean, still today, most people don't know. And I think and in Australia and over here in the UK, it's not a it's not a big industry like it is in America. Hi, beautiful. This is a quick reminder about Embrace Your Feminine Essence, which opens for enrollment on Monday, 25 June for one week only. If you feel the call, make sure you check out the details. This course will be an experience so that you can understand your feminine energy. We talk through intuition, creativity, the menstrual cycle, our life cycle flow, manifestation, the power of surrender, trust, allowing, and how to integrate this energy with our masculine action, logic, reason, doing, and so much more so that we are living our happiest, healthiest, and most fulfilled life. This course will show you the difference between taking action and taking inspired action that comes from the heart. Come join us. You can find the details at LetitiaRinge.com forward slash embrace your feminine essence. You said that you just trusted, you just, you just knew you had a feeling. So you trusted that voice. And mm. trust is, as you know, my work at the moment is all about feminine energy. Trust is a really big part of feminine energy. So I'd just love to know how trusting, you know, your intuition or those nudges that we spoke about has shaped who you are today. Mm. Yeah, what a beautiful question, because I think for me, I really embodied a lot of masculine energy growing up and uh, as I've mentioned I Mm. was an athlete and even when I came back to Australia I was um, I changed sports I was then playing roller derby which is quite an intense physical sport it's not graceful (laughs) like ballet or something that you would sort of see as you know perhaps embodying feminine energy Um, and so and I really started to um, stop enjoying this the game and and being involved. And even though I was surrounded by females playing in a team female sport, it was just all it was very competitive. It was very aggressive, and I just I I guess I was tired of being in this space that was just so mm, I guess yep. masculine <laughs> and 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 it's interesting. Um, yeah, because I, I really sort of thought I don't really want to be. I don't feel like I want to compete and have to be better than someone and and prove myself. And I don't want to be, particularly <laughs> in roller derby, you would get hit a lot. And I just I was like I'm sick of being hit. And I'm like I don't I you know I don't want to do this. So I sort of was able to take a step back and really start looking at um, the masculine versus the feminine and realized that all these things that I'd love to do were so physical in my life. And, you know, it was always sport and in a, in a routine and pushing and trying to be better. And so it was really nice to, to sort of step back and say, well, I can start looking mm. at what feminine energy looks like. And I think I sort of embraced that with my travels because 
I really, I left without really having any plan at all. I, I, I had a couple of dates of, you know, I was going to trek uh, mm. my, um, to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail and that was pretty much all I had booked in and the rest I had zero plans. I had two nights booked in Buenos Aires and I was just going to make it up as I went. And so that really allowed me mm. to be in this flowing energy of just being able to go wherever I pleased and I could stay here, you know, stay here for a month if I wanted or I could go here and if I liked it I could stay and if I didn't I could just go. And I think that was really nice to contrast what mm. I'd been doing for so long with the sport just to be able to be in that in that space. And, and I know that not all travel is like that because a lot of people – they might have a limited mm. time and it's important to have an itinerary to, to see the best of it. But that experience was really magical because it was just yeah. an adventure of like, where am I going to go next and where am I going to end up? And gave me that opportunity to really mm. sort of dive into that, that curiosity side of things. And, and I love that started to really mm. explore my yeah, my feminine energy and, you know, then you sort of start thinking of things like, oh, I've sort of always been this identifying with this athlete sort of persona but I actually yeah. like like to wear like flowing dresses and jewellery and play with crystals and oracle cards and do that type of thing as well. And, and I know that's not all of what feminine energy is. There's so much more underneath it. Um but it, it really contrasted what I'd been doing in in the, all of those years of, of being an athlete, just pushing and forcing and trying to be better every day in, in my sport. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's also, you know, we need to have both the masculine and feminine. So it'd be interesting to see when you were an athlete. I mean, you must have found yourself in a position of being in like a flow state um, yeah. every now and again. And then, but we, we sort of, we assume that that's only for athletes, that flow state. And a lot of us haven't experienced it in, you know, our everyday sort of life. But I think the example that you gave there of travel, you know, really just trusting that you would know what the next step was, what what would be the right next step for you, which way to go, giving mm -hmm. yourself, letting go of the control actually thereby giving you more control which is like one of life's paradoxes I think um yeah. that yeah it's and then you know where that took you I mean you could never have imagined that the travel that you took would have turned out in the way that it did had mm. you planned it all in advance you know just like your life surely yeah yeah well I really did have to trust and I remember when um I was a few days out from leaving and my cousin who had been one of my biggest inspirations to travel she sort of came over to my house and I had was packing everything up and she said to me Abby I can't believe that you're going on your own and I said what do you mean like you went on your own she said yeah but I never left on my own I always had um a friend that I was and then you know mm. I did some parts of my travel on my own and and I sort of started to panic and you know I was the 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 day that I was leaving was looming and coming closer and I felt so nervous for what was I going to do when I landed on the plane I was so worried how was I going to take the next step and uh, a friend of mine gave me, you know, a really good piece of advice. He just said, 
just think about what is next, you know? And then he said, you're going to go to the airport and then you're going to get on the plane and then you're going to sit down and then you're going to have the flight. And it's just the next step that you have to look at. And that's, you know, if you get too far ahead of yourself, you can get lost and in that worried state where you can become untrusting and because, you know, you can go down on this spiral of, well, what if this happens and what if that happens? And actually what happened when I left Australia was that uh, we couldn't land in Buenos Aires where my flight was due to land because there was a <laughs> there was a volcano that erupted and there was an ash cloud over the airport. So oh. we had to turn around and go back to Chile and which meant that we got housed in a, in a hotel overnight and I made friends with all the people on the plane. And then when we eventually did get to Argentina, I had all these friends before I got there who said, well, come and catch the bus with me or I can show you how to get there. And you know, before I knew it, I was in my hostel making friends with people and I was like, oh, I'm actually here. What was I even worried about? You know, so, mm. um, yeah, it's taught me a lot about trust and, and I really liked what my friend had told me about and just taking those next steps and thinking about what is in front of you and mm. what is the, the next thing that you have to do. That's such great advice and, so, and, and you know, not something that we really allow ourselves ever. It's so new. And, and with that, that trust, there is the then pushing through, you know, our fears because mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, there's, we've got this one maybe really strong intuitive voice within us who, and we know everything's going to be okay. You know, we know that on a very deep level, but at the same time, we are experiencing another voice that is just, you know, projecting all of our fears. And that voice can be louder if that's the one we're tuning into. And even if we're not, it's always there. Mm -hmm. So I'd love you to talk about, you know, how you've dealt with um, fear, really, doing all mm. of these things that has really, you know, pushed you outside of your comfort zone and and also put you in situations where, you know, you're really questioning who you really are as a person mm. compared to mm. who you thought you were. Mm. Yeah, and I guess the type of fear that we are talking about is um, – it's really that, uh, I guess, emotional fear of what we kind of make up in, in our heads. And I, I find that I have done a lot of things in my life now, which have proven to me that once you do push past that and you, you know, you have the courage, which in most cases, when you are facing a situation that you feel fearful about, whether, you know, you're going to try and make a new friend and you're worried whatever whatever the situation may be it's really only a moment of like 10 or 15 seconds that you have to be courageous in mm. to actually make that step so i sort of adopted this mentality of like okay it's like 10 seconds of insane courage and then i'm either going to feel like you know a bit awkward or it's going to be completely fine and everything rolls out from there so i think if you can experience, I mean, fear never goes away. This emotional fear never goes away. And I think that's a a wonderful thing because we don't want it to, because if if we can keep pushing the boundary, we can keep going, you know, that little bit further outside our comfort zone and doing things we, we didn't think we could. And, uh, what it shows you is that actually it can be really amazing 
on mm. on that other side after you have that 10 seconds of insane courage mm-hmm. to 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 take that step and you know it's kind of a little bit of an adrenaline and exciting and it you know nervous energy and excited energy is it's, it's the same thing it's just the way that you look at it so yeah. it's just being being able to take that step and you know even in situations now like I think oh I know this is going to be scary but it could work out really amazing and you know what if it doesn't you still have you know an interesting or funny story of of what happened (laughs) (laughs) so true I love that you talk about it just being 10 seconds of needing to take courage as well because often that's that's all you need to sort of um, shift your brain into that different like you say the difference between nervous and excited it's like oh Mm. actually this is an opportunity rather than, you know, something really terrible that's happening to me. And um, once I push through maybe this, you know, 10 seconds, I might actually, I, I might actually be on the other side. How amazing is that? That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, because you can, you can sit uh, and, and think about something for, you know, days or weeks on end, whereas if you just got up and done it in the first place, <laughs> it wouldn't have been such a, a big deal. And like I said, you can create this big story around something and then when you actually go and do it, you're like, oh, that wasn't really that big a deal. But you do really have to um, let yourself be vulnerable and 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 step into that courageous you know, energy to, to allow yourself to get onto the other side (laughs) and to have those experience and, and prove to yourself, you know, what it's like to, to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And every time you do prove to yourself, that gives you so much confidence for the next time you've got to prove to yourself. You can remind yourself, you know, remember when I took a chance, remember what happened because, you know, through uh, pushing through fear or moving through fear, there always seems to be some sort of expansion um, mm. out of that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, things are possible. And I, like I've done a lot of crazy things in my life and, you know, strange things. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't think I could ever do that. And I don't really like it. I feel like it's a bit of a, you know, a throwaway statement that is based around fear. And, Mm. you know, some things might sound audacious or outrageous and crazy and a little bit scary. But, you know, what if you actually go and you actually try and you actually go and try to have that experience or that thrill or that excitement? Like imagine Mm. the possibilities and what it could open up for you. Yeah, one thing I love that you've got on your um, in your emails is always believe that something wonderful is about to happen. Yeah, yeah, I love that quote. <laughs> I love I that quote. <laughs> yeah, because I think um, so often we think like that. What's the worst that can happen? Mm. And why are we thinking that? Why aren't we thinking what's the best that can happen? What what amazing opportunity can come from this? Uh, I think we just need to reframe our thinking a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. That's something that's really helped me as well. I used to be addicted to worry. I was like the biggest warrior in the world. And I guess I was sort of paid to do that as a lawyer, you know, you know, <laughs> you had to you had to make sure you'd covered all the bases. But when I started shifting that to, well, what if I spent my time wondering about, oh, 
wouldn't it be great if this happened? How amazing would it be if, you know, if, if my dreams, what I thought wasn't possible actually happened rather than spending all of that time worrying about the million different things that could happen, you know, it's so, and that was all, that was really, I think my study in law of attraction that really helped me with that. But so Thank you. I I love that quote so much. I think it's so beautiful just to be considering, yeah, what if what if something wonderful happened to me yeah. right now? And yeah, just in in what you were saying, like it is like wh- why are we worrying? <laughs> because a lot of the time that what well, we're worrying about doesn't even happen and and how good is it to think, oh, this exciting thing could happen or imagine how good it would be. It's so much better to sit in that positive energy rather than be like, oh, no, like what if this bad thing happens and it leads to this bad thing and then you've got, gone down the rabbit hole with this story that is never going to eventuate like 99% mm. of the time. <laughs> So true. And that brings me back. You mentioned before about the stories that we tell ourselves and, and also the story of who we are as a person, you know, Mm. so much of what limits us is the story that we're telling. And we can Mm. tell the same story in a different way that empowers us, or we can tell the story in a way that gives all of our power to someone else, you know, just, just not to us. And all it is, is a is a shift in perspective. Mm, yeah. And just like sometimes, I, you know, I even find myself doing this now. It's like, am I being the victim in this circumstance? Mm, like, am great I, question. yeah, am I, should I, should I be really thinking about this, you know, thought in this way or this situation in this way? Because it's not making me feel good. And mm. I could just think differently about it and then I'd feel better. Mm, I know. It's so simple. And yet, you know, it can take, we can sort of be, well into the thought before we t- before we take that action to you know reconsider the story that we're telling ourselves mm. so i also wanted to ask you when it comes to you know moving then into life coaching that would be another sort of iteration of stepping outside of your comfort zone and and you you may have also had some fears to overcome because especially you know, we've got our fears are being projected to us by other people as well. Um, how did you sort of deal with deal with that when it came to moving into life coaching, which is so different to what you know anything else you would have been had done previously? Yeah, so I remember thinking very clearly about this when I first signed up for the course, and um, I know that when I was explaining it to my parents and my dad in particular, it was kind of like, well, what is a life coach and, you know, what what are you <laughs> going to do with this? And, and so I made a commitment to myself that I wouldn't hide behind what I was doing and, and I talked to as many people as possible and, and tell them that I was studying to be a life coach. And, you know, I guess it was in some ways it was that idea of being courageous to bring up that conversation. And what I found was the more that I spoke about life coaching to people and I'd say, you know, I'm starting studying life coaching. Um, some people would say with curiosity, well, well, what's life coaching? And, And then I could, it would open the conversation up for me to explain exactly what it was. Or, you know, some people might just say, Hmm, that's interesting. And they wouldn't really want to talk about it. I never really found anyone was overly negative or kind of shrugged it off as, um, 
you know, like it wasn't anything. But I think because I'd made the commitment to myself to Mm. really um, own it and step into it and embrace it, that it became less and less difficult. And I I didn't then didn't really have fear around it. Whereas a a good friend of mine, she did the opposite. She was sort of a bit worried. She's like, what are people going to think, you know, when I tell them I'm a life coach? And (laughs) and I just said, well, so what? Who cares? You know, (laughs) who cares what they think? And um, I remember for, for so long, she sort of held back on, on having any conversations. I know that she spoke to her close friends about it, but, um, you know, I, I encouraged her to, to open up to the people that she was, you know, feeling vulnerable towards. And, mm. and she came to me one day and she's like, well, actually I told, you know, so-and-so that I'm studying to be a life coach. I was like, oh, that's amazing. You know, I was so proud of her. And, um, I said, well, and how was it? And she said, oh, she sort of just like shrugged it off and then we kept moving on to the next conversation. And I was like, (laughs) so it wasn't as bad as what you had imagined. And she was like, not really. It wasn't, yeah. So I think being able to step into it and own it and really embrace it for me meant that I really didn't have um, too much fear around stepping in into what I was doing. That is such a great example because that's all, you know, law of attraction. It's the energy that you're putting into it. And so that's what you received. When we go in with all this fear and we're really in the fear and it consumes us, then what we get from the people around us is going to mirror that fear. So that is, I think that's such a great example. Thank you so much for giving, giving that to us. I love that. And I love that you made the commitment right from the beginning that you were going to, you know, you're really going to face your fear. You're going to put yourself out there. But by doing that, you dealt with it quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, yeah, that that's what happens. If, if you continually think about something or hold back from doing something, you'll just, it'll grow on you and the mm. fear will become worse and worse and worse. And, you know, it's that story that we talked about that we tell ourselves and it's only it's only us having a conversation with ourselves <laughs> yeah. and it, until we actually voice it and, and get it out, that's when we realize that mm, perhaps it's not really that bad and it's not as crazy as what I've been making it out to be. Yeah, absolutely. And so I've just got one last question for you mm. on your journey. So when was the moment that you just, that you thought, I think I want to go and study life coaching? Oh gosh. I think it was when I came back home. It was very soon after I came back home because I remember um, thinking back to having this life coach and and seeing what she was doing and what she created and and she had said to me, uh, you, "You're very similar to me." And at the time, I I was as well as working. I was also studying massage therapy and and she mm. said, "You know, I I was a remedial massage therapy and and now I'm a life coach." And I sort of you know, maybe those words had always just um, been in my head at some stage. And when I sat down and really thought about it, I was like, actually, I, you know, I have I've done a lot of different things with my life. And then I was like, this is a way that I can bring it all together and share and help other people to to go through times and, and have these transformations that are going to help them move forward mm-hmm. in their lives. 
Oh, that's so beautiful. And you and and see how you get to, you know, all the experiences that you had, you know, working in the nine to five, the traveling, you know, um, issues with friendships, all of this, the fear, stepping out of your comfort zone, leaning into your intuition, your flow, trust, all of this that's helped shape you to who you are today you get to mold into the work that you now do today. And it's just been from what it sounds like to me, a constant, you know, um, just following what the next step is for you Mm. in each moment. And then that's, you know, um, and and now you're here where you are today, but you never ever could have imagined. I if you went back to, you know, as a teenager and thought, you know, how, what's Abby going to do with her life? Where is she going (laughs) to end up? I I bet you never would have thought it would be where you are today. No, absolutely not. I, I I don't know if I really knew where I where I was going to end up, and um, you know, I'm, perhaps we're not even at the end either. Mm, <laughs> what's going to exactly. be the next? Uh, you know, what's going to be the next thing? But you know, for me, going through that transition of returning home, it was just such a something that I'd never really experienced before, and I knew that this was uh, something that occurred to so many people, and I really wanted to open up that conversation. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what I've done with sort of creating the work in, in the world that I, that I do today. And, and I also have a podcast where I share stories, uh, of others that, uh, have gone through this transition. So, you know, we go on the travel journey of where they've been and what they've done. We come back into that, the depths of the, the time when they came home and they just couldn't relate anymore. And, and then we look at what they're now doing and what they've, you know, used with their inspiration and, and created into what they're doing beautifully with their life. And so, uh, if you're interested in checking that out, it's the mm. Wonderlusters Mind podcast. So I love, I love creating that and and sharing the stories of all the beautiful people that I chat with oh that's fabulous and it's such a great name as well so so cool and you've also got a really great training that I'd love to mention here your travel to riches because it's dealing all with money when you return back and I think that's a really important topic do you want to tell us a little bit more about that yeah absolutely so as as I mentioned previously in our chat when I came home I just uh I had no money and a lot of people come home with this that, you know, they've had such an amazing time, they spend all their savings and they perhaps forget to keep a little bit aside for when they come back, which, you know, is what I would advise people to do. So, but if they haven't, I've created a little step-by-step program because it it did take me a while to, um, you know, I'd always been really good with my money and until I went away traveling. (laughs) And so I really had to retrain myself to, um, to just, uh, look at what my money mindset was and what my situation was. So I just created travel, travels to riches as a step-by-step process to, to share with other people, uh, what, what they can go through or the steps that they can go through to really start to get back on track with the good money habits that they Mm. perhaps had before they went away because, you know, and and that's a free resource that I do because, you know, I'm not going to make people pay for that if they don't have any money and what a great way to, (laughs) to start to learn or just to become aware of, oh, yeah, that's what I need to do to, I need to put these steps in place to, um, 
to really start to save and to pay off my debt if that's what you need to do. And and I go through um, 14 different steps that uh, you can start to implement and it goes from mindset into very practical practical tips of, of what to yep. do to just really get your your money and your savings back on track. Mm, amazing. And uh, Abby, my final question for you this, today is, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice, is um, <laughs> what advice would you give to one of our listeners who might be listening to this, feeling really stuck in their current you know, position, whatever they're doing um, in their life at the moment, and they really want to find this you know, expansion and meaning for themselves that they can probably hear through you talking about your journey, um, that you know, they really want to figure out what maybe their purpose is or how to find fulfillment in a career. What, um, is there any advice that you'd give um, to that person listening? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And I think what we need to do in this situation, as hard as it can be sometimes, is just take a step back and look at what it is that you really love doing. Like, what is it that excites you? What is it that makes you feel so much joy? And because I remember that's what I wasn't doing when I was stuck in my office job at the hospital. And you know, what are the what are the little signs and signals that are coming around you? What what could life be for you? You know, take that mm. step back and and really um, think about what and bring awareness to what it is that you really love. And yeah, maybe it sounds quite crazy and audacious and and like something that you don't think could be possible but I really encourage you to go for it because it's likely to be exactly what you need to to get that new lease on life if you are feeling stuck and and you you feel like you know there's nowhere to go um you really have to dive into you know thinking of of what it is that you're passionate about so you can really um just sort of ramp up that that uh, area of your life (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And through curiosity, we get inspired and then that leads us to passion. If you are someone who doesn't connect with the word passion, it is something that we're all, it is available to all of us. It's just sometimes we've got to start with something like curiosity first and that Mm. will lead us there to passion. Mm. No, and I think that just can even be um, doing something different, something that you're not Mm. used to doing, you know, whether it's going out and going for a hike in nature or going to explore a place you've never been before. What is something that you've never done before? Because that could just lead you to the next thing that is, you know, really exciting for your life. Mm. That's such, such great advice. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Abby, for coming on to the podcast. It's been so beautiful to speak to you and especially on this topic about travel, which I love to talk about because I just think that you learn so much about yourself when you travel and it really forces you to get out of your comfort zone, which is a wonderful opportunity to learn more about yourself and Yeah. So I just, I really love the work that you're doing and I'm so honored to be able to share your story here today with um, Mm. everyone listening. Thank you so much, Letitia. It's been so wonderful. I've really loved our conversation. I I absolutely agree with you. I think travel is, it's like going to school for learning about yourself and and learning (laughs) about the world. So what more could you want? (laughs) 
And there it is, my friend. Thank you, Abby, for coming onto the podcast and sharing your beautiful journey and lessons with us all. I really loved Abby's thoughts on finding your purpose. I 100% agree that sometimes we just need to try something different. You know, it's that definition of insanity, doing the same things over and over again, but expecting different results. The journey for purpose is an exploration of yourself, my friend. And this is something that I find that I guide my clients through in my life coaching offerings. And just so you know, I will be taking on some more clients again very soon in July. So if you are interested in that, please head to my coaching page on my website. Abby's journey is such a beautiful example of embracing both our masculine and feminine energy. And I hope by hearing her thoughts on this, you have a better idea about what those energies are. And if you are experiencing a move home or have already moved home and are feeling the reverse culture shock, please get in touch with Abby. Her website is abbylutas.com. That's A-B-B-Y and Lutas is L-E-W-T-A-S. And you can connect with Abby on Instagram at abbylutas. Now for one final reminder, if Embrace Your Feminine Essence is calling out to you, my four-week online course, and you're currently thinking, I would love to explore some more of these topics. I want to feel more connected with my body, the earth, and my feminine right brain capabilities like your intuition, creativity, and flow. Make sure you either join the wait list if you're listening to this before Monday, the 25th of June, or from Monday, register for the course. I would love to welcome you. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to get in touch. You can find all the course details at letitiaringe.com forward slash embrace your feminine essence. And you can contact me on Instagram at create a life that is beautiful. Now, what's up next? Well, next week will actually be the last episode of this season on the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. That will be episode number 25. And I have a really exciting interview for you all. So make sure you tune in next Thursday. I just want to say a really big thank you to you, whether you're someone listening to this podcast for the first, second, third or 24th time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your support has been invaluable to me being able to share these conversations each week. And I seriously love doing them so much. And I plan on coming back with an even better season two. I already have some really exciting guests lined up for you all, but I just want to say thank you to you. I love hearing how these episodes inspire you. And every time I get a message from one of you, it just lights up my heart. So thank you. If you want any topics explored in season two, send me a DM and I'll consider doing an episode on that topic for you. Or if you have any questions, send them through and maybe I can do a Q&A. Let's make this a collaboration. It's because of you guys that this podcast is possible after all and I do it for you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure you head to LetitiaRinge.com forward slash embrace your feminine essence if you are interested in the course and if you aren't already signed up to my weekly newsletter make sure you do that over at LetitiaRinge.com forward slash community okay see you next week have a wonderful week and I'll be back with another episode to help you unlock your truth and purpose bye Thank you so much for listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. If you feel so called, I would love it if you could please take a minute to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. This helps other people like you find it. And I also invite you to take a moment to share this episode with a friend you know needs to hear it.